Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, which means, of course, yes, I am still Ken Nipson. And it means that I am Joseph Scrimshaw. I like that the fact that we're doing this podcast uh, verifies, validates our identities. 
<laughs> you know, sometimes too much and sometimes too little. <laughs> I podcast, therefore I am, is a great new 21st century philosophical turn of phrase. I, there's two groups of, uh, uh, Fred, two couples recently that I've uh, tried to become closer with and get to know. I've known them for years. That, and I, I, I've had to just admit to them and say, like, no, we will get to know each other better over a podcast. That is unfortunately how it works. <laughs> I need content. We need friendship. Let's do this. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it breaks down those barriers of like, you know, it's one thing to have like a party and go like, okay, let's go back to your childhood. What did you love? Why? What challenges did you face? Is sometimes a little bit of a weird thing to just say over drinks. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, you and I met over drinks at WonderCon or no, LA, uh, LA Stanley's LA Comic Con uh, at a bar and a convention but yeah we didn't get to know each other until it was like hey come on my podcast that's how exactly it yeah and i remember getting a message from an old friend in minneapolis who had uh, been following your podcast is like fun to hear you on uh on ken's podcast and learn more about you friend <laughs> he meant it in a joking way and also a nice way so this is the way it is, but we're here. We're so happy to have all of you here. And thanks for some uh, new listeners. We've uh, started the new year uh, in, in a very nice fashion. Thanks to the uh, book of Boba Fett and some nice things said about us publicly. It is our identity. And, you know, we try not to make it our entire identity, but we're happy to have a lot of you uh, here today. This is our news and cues. We'll talk about news. We'll get to your questions. we got some good ones, as always. Before we get to that, though, we want to remind you today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial, an Audible trial dot com slash four center over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we have our Four Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And as always, that's not all. No, there is always more. And today's more comes in the form of Insight Editions. They're a publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books and other pop culture books as well. They are offering 35% off across their website if you use this link insighteditions.com slash discount slash FC35. Uh, this week, we are continuing to recommend the Insight Editions book, Inner Jedi Journal, which is just about to come out. If you want to get your hands on it right away when the uh, the baby new year 2022 is still fresh, uh, it is a great way to just get into uh, your own head in a good way and decide what kind of a year you want to have as a Jedi. It's basically a little bit of a guided meditation in the form of a book. So check that out. If you're interested, you can use this link, insideditions.com slash discount slash FC35. Love it. And yes, it is a baby new year, but I've made my first plans for February, which means we're off and rolling. (laughs) (laughs) The baby new year already has some lines, get a little grumpy. Yeah. Oh, it's a good thing. Check that all out, like Joseph said, InsideEditions.com slash discount slash FC35. We like to catch up with our Star Wars and Life Adventures because Joseph and I are are good friends, but we really only talk over a podcast because that's how (laughs) it works. Occasionally, we get to drink around a fire pit when it's safe and sound. Uh, Joseph, uh, how did Star Wars crash into your life this week? Yeah, no, this was one of those weeks where I was like, oh, did I have any Star Wars adventures outside of the adventures that I really get to have for the podcast? Um, Because, yeah, there's a lot of uh, Book of Boba Fett excitement. Um, I'm reading The Fallen Star, the the latest High Republic book. Um, I'm looking at some action figures lovingly on the internet, but haven't clicked by yet. But uh, the the main thing that is my little uh, always Star Wars is, is with me influence this week is uh, I got a little bit of a late start, but I put up my new little mini calendar, mini wall calendar uh, above my office here where I am recording. And this year, my wife got me a Grogu calendar. It's all Grogu (laughs) every month. 
And the first image is this kind of stylized. It's kind of a, a, a photorealistic image, but then it's got kind of like a line art and shading that makes it a little bit uh, artistic. And it's it's Grogu with his, his hand up. He's staring at the viewer. And then it says, stronger than you think. And <laughs> <laughs> I get to see this every day and think about it. So it's uh, I feel like it's partially saying like Grogu, Grogu is stronger than you think for sure. Uh, but then it feels like Grogu is maybe waving hello and is telling me that I'm stronger than I think, which is a very nice message. Uh, but also with his little hand up, every time I walk to my computer to, uh, you know, read something while I eat breakfast, I feel like he's going to steal my food. <laughs> oh yeah. Like that hand is out there to just take my English muffin. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 I love him, but I don't trust him. with. <laughs> Yes, I, I don't trust him because I know he's hungry. He's hungry. It's understandable. And he's stronger than I think. Anyway, it is a fun little message. It is just I, I'm delighted by how much the entire world uh, fell in love with Baby Yoda than Grogu. And it is going to be fun to celebrate uh, different sides of him all year because <laughs> yeah. I, I flipped through. Some of the months are a little bit more brutal. Some of the, like there's one where he's in the little cuffs. I'm like, I'm going to have to look at that for a month. That's and he's, and he's oh that's no no that's that's a that's that's mm-mm. nope yeah, yep that's it's gonna that. be a rough month a really rough month <laughs> don't approve of that yeah but I like this one this is my Star Wars adventure is uh is Grogu uh possibly preparing to steal my food and or giving me a little pep talk every day oh I love that I love that yeah how about you what were your life or Star Wars adventures it was a week of of four center work dominating uh, the Star Wars adventures which which is great like I said it's been a wonderful start to a new year and our switch to Acast uh, has gone smooth there was some uh, that weird two two week period where we weren't on air because there was this, this big issue we we got through that and it's uh, it's been a matter of uh, going back through old files and making sure everything's good and then and and really you know the growth of our YouTube channel is something that's uh, happening but also something we want to work on even more uh, doesn't necessarily mean we're gonna have video no necessarily mean we're not necessarily gonna show our faces all the time friends um, <laughs> or other projects other things we want to do so I've been going back and uh, looking at old thumbnails and, and fixing some of the thumbnails for like the in memoriams that uh, Kevin Smets had, had put together and edited uh, off uh, after they would appear on Spotlight Star Wars and just having fun knowing that like if I need a picture of, of Ula I have like hundreds of choices <laughs> and celebrating that this franchise is often built on our love of those kind of characters. The ones that just are there for seeing there in the moment, the background weirdos, not saying Ola's uh, a weirdo, but the ones that you and I celebrate a lot and, and, and we share with that love with everyone listening. Um, and that, that was just kind of fun. Just going like, Oh, I need a screenshot of this. Oh, there it is. I have many choices of Captain Moden Kennedy. <laughs> that is a really great feeling. I have a file that is much too large of Star Wars photos. And when I take screenshots, like when we're doing Clone Wars Report or uh, Book of Boba Fett or Mandalorian, I take screenshots and go like, ooh, what, what can we use on social media? And I, I can't bear to get rid of them. So I have a file, <laughs> it's a folder that is much too large of just yeah. slightly different angles of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll tell you, I, when you get a good screenshot, whether you're taking your phone out and taking a picture of uh, you know, an event, Super Bowl, Oscars or something like that, or Star Wars, or you do it on your your, your laptop and you do the old, uh, you know, Command 4 or whatever you do. On, I, I forget the MacBook. It's just, just my hands do what they need to do. Um, <laughs> And you get a good one. Like I've, I've got a lot that I, I don't have as much as uh, you, you do. It would seem, but like, yeah, you're like, I freeze frame that at the right moment. It's crisp. It's clear. It's in focus and it's beautiful. And I'm going to hold on to this. 
Yeah, and I just love how they kind of, you know, you take a moment from a larger narrative and you look at it, you know, there's all those popular social media sites of the no context, uh, yeah. different shows. And there's some that I just love, like uh, w- when we were looking at the Gennady Tart- Tartakovsky uh, Clone yeah. Wars of some people arguing in the background and Yoda just having none of it, just staring <laughs> off into space. And like, it, <laughs> I love that image out of context. I've got to, uh, and and again, you could do a Google search and probably get a lot of these shots, but I find there's much more joy in getting, oh God, I did it. I freeze framed or I took the photo (laughs) with the phone and I'll do a lot of the freeze frame stuff. There's two that were past, uh, one was the past thumbnail. One, I I can't remember if I used or not, but one, it's it's Maul versus Obi-Wan in Rebels season three, the finale. It's a great shot. You you can hang it on a wall and that, that was a freeze frame and I'm still proud of it. Yeah. And then there was one of uh, Return of the Jedi, uh, Luke and Vader's sabers crossing. And it's the, like the, the shot of like the sabers are in the shot and Palpatine's face is behind it. Right. Just like thrilled. Oh, nice. And I, I got that one. I don't I can't remember if I use that one or not, but as a for a thumbnail, but I still it's on my desktop. And I, like you, I'm like, I can't get rid of that. <laughs> it's so silly because it's easily retrievable. And yet. Yeah, I could do yeah. it. Yeah, so there we go. That was all part of it. The other thing I want to say, in a big week for Star Wars with a lot of reveals and a big Book of Boba Fett episode, and hey, it's the week of Black Chrysanthemum. Uh, he's just all over. I'm, I'm happy with that. I've been a fan of that character for such a long time. And I, I've said this before, but you know, I, in a certain group of friends, I'm still the quote Star Wars guy. You, Joseph, are the Star Wars uh, person in your, your group. And, and a lot of people listening experience that as well. Um, this was one of those weeks again, where a lot of people te- texting me and, and one of my friends, uh, a great producer, friend of mine, uh, Owen, uh, is out in New York doing some work and he's texting me some stuff, some stuff he had bear, you know, had missed with Mando. He's like, why, why does Boba Fett take the mask off? Mando doesn't. I went through some of that stuff. And then he asked about black Crescent, but he did, he goes, hey, who's that Wookiee? And I told him that. And he goes, yeah, at one point, and he's texting me from New York a few hours ahead. It's like one in the morning, his time. He goes, I, I, I'm sure you get tired of these questions. And I'm like, <laughs> Owen, this is this is my week, man. <laughs> this is what I'm here for in your life. I am so desperate to not uh, Star Wars explain or Star Wars share mm-hmm. to people who don't want it. When somebody asks, it's like thank you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because yeah. I'm never going to offer it unless it's wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like he was hired. Let work with Boba Fett. He also fought, worked with Afra. So great. Uh, for him. Gladiator, Gladiator, Killer, Dangerous, but also nice. Like yeah, a lot of fun. He's a mean, mean Wookiee. Mean, mean Wookiee who had his day in the sun and maybe more is coming. So uh, from those Star Wars adventures, we are going to look at Star Wars news. A couple fun stories to dive into. Sometimes we play catch up on things that were released later in the week or as we often joke, the day we release our news show, some news (laughs) will come out. Uh, This uh, past week, uh, we all celebrated the one-year anniversary of the High Republic, and that uh, celebration, which came with a nice little uh, show on uh, YouTube on the official channel with Christina Ariel hosting all the authors there, uh, came with some big news. Phase 2, The Quest of the Jedi, begins in October 2022. Hey, that's later this year. And the big news that got people talking will be set 150 years before the events of phase one and clues for this era will begin in Justine Ireland's upcoming middle grade reader mission to disaster. Do not skip those YA and middle grade readers. If you, mm-hmm. if you can't, uh, if you can avoid that, read them. Um, and then uh, just run through some stuff here. And we'll dive in. Joseph, one of the tales will be a Marvel series about portal Porter Ingle by Charles Saul. Yeah. Oh my God. The blade of Bartata, the cook, the nine egg soup cooking uh, friend that we all want, <laughs> Porter Ingle. 
Uh, some new authors and contributors will be uh, joining the team, like George Mann, Zoraida Cordova, Tessa Gratton, uh, and Lydia Kang, all joining the existing roster of kind of writers and creators and contributors. Uh, Claudia Gray said, Phase 2 is an age of ex- exploration and invention. Ooh, let's uh, let's put a pin in that one. But let's discuss these Phase 2 revelations. Joseph, uh, what do you think about the quest of the Jedi and going back in time? Oh, I was thrilled by all of this news. Um, definitely thrilled by the addition of other authors because I think it, the, the you know the core group who who did the building are absolutely great. But it is great to see that uh, that spirit of uh, expansion and inclusion to bring in more authors. So I'm happy for that. Uh, very interested in what they're going to bring. Um, a, a couple of them in particular that jumped out to me. Uh, Lydia Kang uh, wrote that really great uh, 2-1-B story in The Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view uh, that was really reflective about uh, humanity and loss uh, while while fixing uh, Luke's hand. Uh, so that, that was really exciting to me. Um, I have not yet read, even though I own them, any of the myths and fables books <laughs> uh, that George Mann has written uh, on, but I'm so excited by the concept of those that is happening. So uh, excited for all the authors, a uh, couple in particular jumped out to me there, but for the actual, the, the big in story news of jumping back, I'm so thrilled by this, Ken, mm. Uh, mm. for a couple reasons. Yeah. Um, I, I'm enjoying phase one so much, but I was really wondering where phase two was going to go because, it, you know, when they kind of announced we have three phases, I was like, oh, well, if this is going to move in a traditional linear three act structure, this is a really a lot of tragedy and a horror for <laughs> act one, phase one. Where are we going when we get to the usually more challenging chapter of phase two or the, uh, you know, hey, it's the climax and maybe not everybody's going to make it in phase three, act three. So that was suddenly like, a, oh, this is why it, it's escalated in the way that it has, you know? Yeah. So it yeah. made me feel great about the overall structure that they've obviously known and, and been planning. This is not a, a new idea that they had. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and I just love that it, it's it's so in the tradition of Star Wars to have generational tales and to say, hey, what happened before matters. The the present uh, uh, can always make a, a different turn from what the past has been, but it's informed by the past. You know, unlike uh, Kylo's argument in The Last Jedi, you can't kill the past, right? Right. Um, so I was really excited for that. And then for, uh, I know they're saying that specific concrete clues will be in Mission to Disaster. But I just kind of feel like with all of the storytelling that's been in The High Republic, a lot of it has already reflected back on the era that we're in is, well, now that we are have a lot more hyperspace routes and we have easy-ish access to the rest of the galaxy, how are we going to invite them in and say we are all the Republic? So right. that really has been setting up an era of, exactly as Claudia Gray said, exploration and invention, that there's a story of discovery, right? Could we see some first contacts with species that we know, you know, will there be a little bit more of a, a uh, some Star Trek ideas meeting Star Wars of like, what, how, what do, what is those, what do those first contacts go like? Are they aggressive? You know, are they, um, does the Republic or the Jedi come in going, do we want to meet you halfway, but this is what we think you should believe. Like so many interesting ideas to explore. 
Wow. Yeah. Uh, well said indeed. So much uh, that I uh, love what you're saying. Agree with there too. Yeah. Going back to the authors, the new team uh, coming in there. Yeah. It's like, it's like a little bit of reinforcements coming and tagging out, you know, we got <laughs> to uh, rest everyone, but uh, yeah, everyone else has done such a great job too. I'm happy to, to um, explore what these uh, new authors and contributors are going to bring to it uh, without a doubt there. And yeah, the, my first reaction to the 150 years before was kind of like you, you had that like, aha, uh-huh, I even had been thinking about, um, I guess we should say light spoilers if you haven't read uh, any of the books so far. (laughs) I'll just say this. There's some characters that go pretty quick, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, hi, how are you? Oh, I'm I'm dead. Uh, (laughs) And I just, I remember thinking at the time, that's both, it's awesome, but also like, wow, they put a lot of energy into the design and who these characters are and they're gone. Wow, they're just, okay put a lot of energy into that. And it's like, well, some of those characters might show up again. Some of them might be a lot younger. Some of them won't be old enough uh, by this, but it just made me, it just made some sense. Like, oh yeah, they're really setting up this. Um, I don't want to say world. Cause it's, it's not its own world, you know, to the star Wars world. It's expansion of the star Wars world, but this, this, this era really just the foundations are all there and it's so thought out and this just made sense. And then plus, you know, Porter Ingle, some of those characters that you know, Opo Rensis will get maybe maybe get him in his prime, you know. Yeah, um, Opo Yarl Poof. I'm hopeful for some like just incredibly dense Yarl Poof content. It would be great, and then a real good uh, good opportunity to, if they want, uh, to to use Yoda in a different way. I, I, Yoda's been touching the edges of the High Republic era so far, uh, which I understand why they're using him in that capacity and, and not wanting just to toss make it the the Yoda in the High Republic team story. Um, uh, it helps establish newer characters, but now, hey, now we can maybe see a little bit more of uh, Yoda in a different uh, light, not just the, the teacher and the counselor, but maybe he's out there uh, doing some things that we haven't seen him do before. So I'm excited by that. The exploration and invention really builds on, and I, and I always I always think of it just in terms of, of, of American, American history, but Star Wars obviously goes way beyond that. But I, I just, I always am just interested by the High Republic's commentary on uh 1930s, 40s, 50s, even into the 1960s America, uh, all the good things, the bad things, mistakes and, and, and whatnot. And to that was a little bit of a change or a different idea that I, I was expecting more of um, this kind of thing, the exploration, invention. And, and that is really intriguing to me, again, to see what went right, what went, went wrong. How could this have done better? How does this inform the Republic in the future? And making those kind of connections was really interesting uh, and I'm totally on board for it because also, like you said, Joseph, man, it's a it's a bit of a bummer right now <laughs> in, a, in a good way. Like, I love when a story makes you hurt a little bit. I love when it makes you think. And I uh, but yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm only 50 pages into Fallen Star, but even just the cover of Fallen Star on some of the, the alt covers you're seeing, I'm like, wow, we're just. We're just going right to that. Huh? Uh, USS <laughs> Enterprise is crashing. Okay. Okay. It's really not a spoiler when it's the title, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I'm, I'm right there with you on it. I, I, I re- it makes sense. Clearly, they didn't just think this up on a Tuesday. This was part of the plan. We had heard that talk of uh, the Godfather type of approach and jumping back in time. All makes sense. And I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's all the individual Jedi, all the culture of it, uh, but they've also done such a great job, I think, in the High Republic of uh, really following through on the political, financial, sort of uh, sociopolitical, uh, structural, how does the galaxy come together, 
um, and how do organizations fit into that, not just individuals. That has obviously been important to Lucas from the beginning of his Star Wars outlines and, you know, yeah. then kind of became his focus for the prequels. All Everything that they've built up without too many uh, spoilers with the Santeca family, the Graf family, about being explorers and who has a right to own uh, hyperspace lanes. And, you know, I, I get excited thinking about um, some of my own just uh, life experience with history. Mm-hmm. I worked at a museum in Minneapolis that was kind of about the birthplace, uh, about the birth of Minneapolis, why it's there, which is the reason that Minneapolis is there is uh, St. Anthony Falls. There's a waterfall that could be used to power industry. Mm-hmm. And really getting up close and personal for myself with that, like, that reaction to, hey, that's, at the time, that's way out in the wilderness. Nobody has any clue of Minnesota who will live there. Everybody just knows there is a geographic feature that can make us money. (laughs) And people know about this hundreds of years before and have their eye on that spot because what can I get out of it? You know, hundreds of years before it becomes its own place with its own uh, culture from a a Western point of view. Obviously, people were already there and had their culture. But from the people looking from the outside, Mm-hmm. And just thinking about that kind of thing of like, what kind of planets have um, have St. Anthony Falls on them? Yeah. <laughs> who already lives there and who are the people who want what they think they can get out of that? You know, I, I, you know absolutely. I, to, to have Star Wars to go into that uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fan as well. I, I, I've never been a nice uh, museum employee, docent, tour guide or otherwise. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I sometimes wish I, I had been. But yeah, I, 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 I get fascinated with the. Uh, the the quote unquote West, the real West, the history of the West, the myth of the West, all those things, which I, I love examining again, so many bad things, some good things, some things that had to happen, some things that didn't have to happen. And, and I, I'm not afraid to go back into it and, 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 and face that all down. And I think for a way for me as a history kind of buff to have Star Wars, maybe potentially, this is from the outside looking into what they've got planned of, of just putting a Star Wars uh, uh, gaze on all that. And themes and lessons and make some sense for me that that is that's a very personal thing again i always say with the high republic so far where i look at uh, america after the war so to speak and again it can be any country you can find the find the the parallels if you want the connections if if you want but like i just personally really been moved by that and and excited by that so if they're gonna do any of that kind of stuff if they're gonna search for waterfalls in the galaxy joseph i'm on board (laughs) yeah and i think i'm just excited about it because it's such great uh important you know discussions that you can relate to the real world but just such great star wars philosophy that you know you're going to encounter characters uh like jedi or or members of the republic who are excited to meet new people learn about their culture and respect them and other people who are going to go how can i benefit from this this quote-unquote discovery yep yep it's going to be real interesting (laughs) yeah yeah very exciting stuff very excited stuff that's phase two which begins uh, later this year but we are looking back also on uh, the republic the high republic one year in kind of crazy time uh she does move on uh very fast as we know but uh just let's let's look back uh without going uh, too many details spoiler details we're trying to avoid those for those people either playing catch-up or haven't taken that dive yet into the high republic but uh one year of this era this project luminous era uh, what's your overall, overall thoughts uh, one year in? Oh, I've really been enjoying it. I love uh, how much it has been a jumping on point, I think, for uh, in, very intense Star Wars fans who are interested 
in a new era to explore new characters to fall in love with. I think it's also like if you've kind of hopped off the Star Wars, um, you know, a book and comic book train, this is it's been such a great place uh, to jump in. It's been so fun to really, really have this storytelling where you don't know what is going to happen next. There is a real power in that. And there is like it, it's such it, it's really tapping into almost the um the adventure serial cliffhanger aspect of Star Wars in the like um I just want to catch up with my old friends and see if they're gonna live. <laughs> yeah. Uh and uh, as always for me, I, I know I've repeated this a lot. What I really hope for in the High Republic is to see a bunch of Jedi who are really, really individuals. They have their individual challenges, they have their individual strengths, their individual relationship to the force. They are absolutely uh, unique people and they are striving to stay on the light side, but fighting all of these normal feelings of guilt and fear and pride and and striving to be the best they can. Because that to me is what's interesting about a Jedi, somebody who chooses to strive to be the best they can, not somebody who's just like, I figured it out when I was 13. Now I'm great always. (laughs) that's not the story of the Jedi. The story of the Jedi is somebody who's bold enough to go, I'm always going to try to be the best version of myself. And damn, is it hard? Very hard. I mean, again, I'm only 50 pages into Fallen Star, but there's some Elzar Man stuff. And I'm like, I'm here for this journey. <laughs> right, right. Here, here yeah. For- I think the other big th- thing looking back and, and some of the things that we're talking about, what might come in this uh, phase two, I think it's also just been really great about having a lot of... um a lot of ideas about class systems, right? We're spending time with sort of powered, uh, empowered characters like Jedi or uh, politicians like Lena So or various senators. We're meeting uh, inventors and uh, rich people, extremely wealthy families. But then we're also seeing how that, uh, how the galaxy is for people who work for uh, guilds and unions and people who are uh, pilots and techs, or maybe just kind of low level mercenary, just, you know, the, the people just trying to make their way in the galaxy versus the people who kind of have the power uh, to to make big influences in, in one uh, swipe of the hand. Yeah, no, I think it's uh, from that point of view, I think the High Republic is actually doing some really important work inside Star Wars for me. Again, personally. Yeah, but. yeah. And again, playing off of stuff that's always been there in Star Wars, mm-hmm. but really is you follow certain characters that we've uh, met in in books who are the a little bit more feet on the ground perspective of the galaxy, even though they're pilots, so their feet are not literally on the ground, uh, contrasted with yeah. their interactions with the the movers and shakers has been really intriguing. It's been, yeah, intriguing, totally rewarding as a fan. Um, yeah. And, and one year and I, I, I do, it's, it's, this is, this whole thing's no small feat. Uh, and in the work for for so long. And I just like having this little corner of Star Wars and it's a big, it's a big corner and a growing corner. Uh, I still want all other all other eras uh, eras and areas of Star Wars explored as a fan. I still want more stories set in the original trilogy, between the movies, uh, between the nineteen years between Sith and, Sith and New Hope. Um, really love the prequel prequel era. I want more of those stories. Uh, sequel era, you know, hey, maybe one day we'll get more. So I, I want Star Wars to be able to play in all of them. I don't. I don't wish uh, that, uh, you know, the, these were the next nine movies and it was this high, in a, you know, super connected world. And we, this is what we have. We're invested in this for the next 10 years. Right. I love, I just love having that buffet that we have talked about. Um, but High Republic has just been so rewarding for me and a, just a, a, a real big, just standing ovation for me on to <laughs> everyone who, who thought this out, planned it, put it together and all of it just flows and, and makes so much sense. And you're right. You, you start a new book 
Like I haven't, I haven't read. It's been a while, a couple months since we've cracked open a High Republic book here around the four center parts, and mm-hmm. finally getting Fallen Star out. It just, it was like, oh, it's it's a roll call of all the people. <laughs> and, uh, they're back, and hey, look, it's Geode. God bless it, it's Geode, and like <laughs> just. That just shows me this has worked so well, too. An entire roster of new characters outside of a hand, a handful of heroes we've known. Um, we get a bunch of new people to to discover and follow journeys, and that has just been a big victory victory for Star Wars. Yeah, no, I, I entirely agree. Uh, would you mind talking about Porter Engel for a moment? I want to talk about Porter Engel. Yes, yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, we, we meet him, and he's, what, about 300 years old? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his actual age, I you know, but yes, yeah. he's been around. Been around. He's maybe, you know, when others would maybe retire, nah, he and his big bushy beard and one eye have uh, gone out to the frontier and uh, kind of be, become, uh, you know, uh, just uh, not just the, the creator, the, the humble cook, as he's described as a uh, uh, cook of the uh, nine egg stew that everyone loves so much, but uh, <laughs> just kind of uh, still stayed in the game, which I love. And he's just kind of this big gregarious uh, guy for me. And I just have just been, um, it was a surprise. Plus the name Porter Engel. You're like, what is, is he a cook from 1882? What is, did I play with him in Red Dead Redemption 2? Uh, That's a way to make eggs in, in the UK, right? A, you, you get them Porter Engel style, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So anyways, that's my, my beginning on, on why I just love him. You? Yeah, I think for me, like, I'm, I'm so glad that they announced that there's specific Porter Engel content because we meet him as this older person uh, who is really trying to like, I have come to appreciate the simple joys of life of just being with other Jedi and, making soup for him and taking care of people. But I got this background where I am a known, you know, strong fighter. And it seems like I maybe have some regret of that. And, you know, he's got this uh, nickname Blade of Bardada. So it's all this stuff that's like, that would be just fine flavor. If it, if there had never gone back in time, that would have been fine flavor. But the fact that he's named Blade of Bardada and has regret a little bit about how he used to look at combat, right? Yeah. Uh, or what that blade has done, whether or not that's a name to to have uh, a great, great bit of pride on. That really shows how how planned all of this is. Yeah, that that is not just flavor; it's the entry point to these new stories. And I've always been so intrigued by Blade of Bardada because that could have been Bardada. I'm hoping is going to come into play, right? Because Bardada could have just been like a hey, go down the list and see what sort of uh, previous Star Wars stories are mentioned. And that could have been a, a cool, hey, we, we notice it, right? But um, Bardot is the planet of uh, these characters we only meet briefly in the Clone Wars. Um, the the, the Goyan Order, uh, also referred to as the Degoyan Masters, an order of Force users uh, that focus knowledge in a harmony of the universe, as uh, Wikipedia. Um, so I'm really excited now that that could not just be a name, or like a, a a reference check, but actually tell us uh, some storytelling that's going to happen that maybe we're going to see Porter Engel spending time with people who approach the force entirely differently. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And how that fuels him. Uh, and I love your saying of this possible regret of things that have happened, uh, but staying, uh, staying with the order, staying true to, uh, true to the force, the ways of the force, uh, the way of the order and more true to himself. Uh, that's going to be fascinating. And again, speaks of uh, how, how not just planned it, it, that word obviously gets thrown out a lot, but just it, it, how thoughtful the high Republic is. 
Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, be, being thoughtful. Because, yes, I am not uh, a person who is, if it was planned, it was good. <laughs> yes, yes. And if there was some uh, improvisation or changes in, while creating the story, it is bad. I, I think both are needed. Uh, yeah. Structure and, and improvisation, I think, are, are great for artistic pursuits. Uh, but I think that's the feeling that I have is the uh, maybe the tip of the iceberg thing of, like, if Bardotta was just a, a, an ambiguous part of his backstory, that's cool. But knowing that there's that depth there, that almost any little word could explode out into a new story and a really one you're really excited about is what's so nice to me. Yeah, yeah. And more, yeah, more than just a passing reference. There's some fun, some fun ones, you know, read any Charles Soule comic the last three, four years. There's probably some reference that we're now picking up on. <laughs> yes. And uh, sometimes it could lead to something big, like you said. Sometimes it's just fun little seasoning. So. There we go. A year into the High Republic, a lot of stuff uh, just uh, been coming out. It's it's been made 2021 very fun as a Star Wars fan, and uh, they're just really they're really just beginning, which is kind yeah. of crazy. so very exciting. There we go. Let's go uh, to uh, the video game rumor mill. That's right, rumor mill. If you want to avoid the rumor mill, now's the time. But uh, it's uh, one that's been around and been talked about, and that is uh, question mark Fallen Order sequel on the way. Maybe, maybe. So while this past Friday we saw a renewed focus on the hashtag Blackout Star Wars Eclipse movement, something we support here at Force Center, and uh, maybe waiting for news on that or anything's going to happen. I'm not surprised by any uh, silence at this point. If there's hundreds and pages of contracts on 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 one, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there hopefully. But I I, I do believe uh, the hashtag has uh, just uh, taken the issue and, and moved it on up the the social ladder there on uh, social media, and I think it's worked. Um, but hey, another Star Wars video game might be ready to step into the light. Bespin Bulletin is reporting that Star Wars Celebration Anaheim just might be the spot for the announcement and reveal of the game. Uh, though I now say there's probably a question as to whether there will be a Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. <laughs> on that later. Uh, the rumors continue to say that it would be uh, not be uh, uh, Fallen Order 2, per se, but we'll use the Jedi franchise name, Star Wars Jedi, colon, title and will possibly contain characters that fans are a little more familiar with we got a few of them of course in fallen order uh, saw guerrera a little guy named darth vader along the way and and others even kenobi making a little cameo appearance um so this uh, story this report this rumor says hey it might be actually be more maybe have more to do with the story the game will most likely be a 2023 release, but autumn of 2022 is also possible. So let's discuss, um, we've kind of discussed this topic uh, before, but we're excited for the series to continue here at Force Center. Yes, Joseph? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I really, really enjoyed the story of the game. I enjoyed the vast majority of the mechanics of the game. And the the story with the main characters we met really did uh, end on, uh, looking out over a new vista, and it definitely mm-hmm. felt like their story wasn't done. So I'm I'm really excited uh, for any version of Star Wars Jedi colon <laughs> shoulder shrug, whatever it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What what is the value though of uh, possibly? And again, this is so far out, and this is the danger of sometimes swimming around that uh, rumor mill pool there. But if if it is. Uh, of new characters or excuse me, characters we're familiar with, but new characters to this, this story. Um, is there a chance uh, of, of over overshadowing the characters we already know and kind of love right now? Uh, Cal Kestis, uh, Sir Junda. We uh, have a lot of those kind of characters uh, we've already spent some time with, or is it just, uh, do we trust that? Hey, this is probably good, uh, good use of, uh, of names and the time frame and the era that we're in. 
Yeah, I think that there is so many great opportunities of who they can meet. And I don't think that, you know, I liked in the first video game the way that Saw Gerrera was handled. You you briefly overlap with him and it is insightful to who Saw is and it's insightful to who uh, Cal becomes, the character that you're playing. Um, I think the same thing with Vader, where where Vader is not the point. He is uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. an on. He, he is somebody to escape from, and that's it. You know. Yeah. So I don't think they took over the story, and I think other characters could come in that way uh, as well. I think the thing that I'm most intrigued by, and this is a absolute spoiler for the end of the narrative of this game. So if you don't want to know, like fast forward. Uh, I'll keep it under sixty seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, the first one is called Fallen Order because the mission is to find the Holocron and restart the Jedi Order, right? And then at the end, they decide this isn't necessarily our right to decide this for all these kids to bring them into uh, a galaxy in in combat. That if, if it's meant to be, then the Force will guide them uh, toward this. Which leaves these, these characters of Cal and Sarah in particular who are... Jedi who are not going to restart the order, mm. but are also committed to standing up to the Empire. So what are they going to do? Are they just going to wander the galaxy, helping out where they can? Um, are they going to intersect with the rebellion more? Uh, you know, they kind of overlapped with Saw's version of it, right? Um, but in particular, I think that raises this really interesting question of seeing more of Jedi who are who are committed to continuing to help but knowing they have to do it in this sort of smaller way right Mm -hmm. and that makes it fascinating to me like would they um, bump into Kanan or Ahsoka or some of these survivors uh, that we haven't spent any time with yet like Quinlan Voss or Opal Rancisas you know ooh yeah, yeah. Oh, Voss appearance. No, I, I'm really excited by that. And you're throwing some really intriguing names out there, right? Maybe an earlier uh, drunker version of Kanan. <laughs> Still more the cowboy Jedi we even talked about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah, I just think that it's, it's a possibility to really explore this reality that uh, there are many surviving Jedi and none of them are in a place to just really all band together and make a super team and take down Palpatine. We know that's not the story. So what is their story and what happens when they meet one another and interact, you know? Yeah, no, I I really love what you're saying because it's like, I think maybe even not a few years ago, ago, and we've done episodes about, Hey, you know, we kind of grew up thinking Luke was the only one and Hey, that's not necessarily true. There's other Jedi out there uh, beyond just uh, the old man in the desert, Ben, that he went to go seek out in Yoda. So we know that's the case. And when a character like Cal Kestis shows up and you're like, yeah, it's another, uh, you know, force using a soul with a lightsaber in the galaxy. When we're told they're not to, you can get hung up on that or maybe get a little um, grumpy or, or get your arms kind of folded and go, all right, all right. And I think I've moved from that person going, well, all right to, okay, how does that fit in? Why would they then not appear? What happens to them? Is it death? Is it, uh, do they fall? Uh, maybe they, like you said, that is another way they have to go about doing things. And here's the reasons why that is, that's where I'm more at these days as a fan that the tip the iceberg storytelling, uh, you and I love, and we talk about here, uh, I now give me that answer in, in, in a video game form, but give me, it's a big, it's a big answer, but give it to me. Yeah. And depending on where it's set in the timeline, I am happy for Vader and, uh, and his uh, inquisitors to, I'm happy to meet a new Jedi, 
<laughs> in order for them to pass away. Uh, and that sounds brutal, but I'd like that continuing story of like, yeah, the, the, the Jedi were not, there are a lot of dregs uh, from the perspective of Vader and the emperor who, who needed to be handled. Yep. Need to be. Yeah. And again, and, and, and I'm saying this to myself as someone who again, probably had his arms folded going, I don't know. Any, any kind of a, a doubt I might have, you, you should all point, point it back at George. <laughs> was right. like, Hey, it turns out all that was 19 years ago or so. And Obi-Wan made it sound like in your, in your head as a kid, 50 to hundred years ago, but not too long ago. And so that creates some interesting and fun storytelling opportunities. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and it, maybe it isn't even about uh, Jedi as much too, because uh, there's plenty of uh, gangsters and scoundrels uh, that yes. we know and love floating around in this general era. So it could be that as well. Yeah. It, it could be the twins. <laughs> could be. Uh, final note here. Uh, no secret. Uh, this, uh, at times, I love the story in this game, love the characters. Uh, the gameplay itself was at times frustrating and, and not my favorite. And there's, for me, uh, me, Ken, not a lot of replay value in this game uh, outside of uh, exploring the story and those characters again. Uh, there's great, and by the great, beautiful sequences, the Order 66 stuff. Love it. Love it. But just the game itself. Uh, any changes, improvements, anything you want, maybe even to the story in the sequel to Fallen Order or the continuation of this story. Uh, I really trust the the story. I thought the story was really great and I'd yeah. really love to see them exploring it because I feel like it so leaves on that cliffhanger of like, we want to do good. What is the best way for us to help right now in this situation? So I'm really excited to see that story continue in any way. Um, I really enjoyed all the mechanics. You know, I've, I've mashed buttons for lightsabers lots of different ways. I think this one was pretty satisfying with the, you know, the mm. difficulty level of the combos to to do cool things. Um, uh, it, I think for me, this is not, it's not my favorite kind of map design. I like maps that are big, but you can kind of wander around and it's easy to go back to the area we're in. It's a total taste subjective thing. And this has that kind of maps of like, hey, I think I, how to get from that place? I think I rode a beast. Uh, I don't know how to hit, you know, it's not an elevator. You can't go back and ride that beast again. Like, so you, I did a little bit of work going like, I'm going to find all the, I don't even remember what the various tokens were. I think, I think I'm going to find all the different, you know, lightsaber tokens or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh man, this is, it's not, it's not fun for me to revisit the maps. They don't bother me when I'm in the, in the actual story yep. and it's the story moving me along. Um, but I, I'd like to be able to rewander them. So I think that's probably not going to change, but just the map thing is a is a total video game taste thing for me. Uh, that's so funny. You are you are describing uh, in a, in a better way. I I can my current frustration, <laughs> which is I do occasionally. It's it's a beautiful game, and I want to go back and kind of explore. It. And it, look, I I I play Red Dead Redemption still. I'm on the online, and you know if you just want to ride your horse in the rain for an hour, you can. And <laughs> it's a different kind of experience. And I'm not comparing the two. It's not it's not fair to fall in order. But yeah, I am currently stuck on Ilum, which is, by the way, amazing and beautiful. And I want to do, I, I just have that instinct to like, I want to go back and just explore. I've, I've done the story. I want to play. I just want to go around and I'm stuck. I can't get out of it. <laughs> right. I mean, in it, it, maybe more proficient players are like, oh yes, of course you leap from here and you do this. But yeah, I, I remember I wandered around Ilum a lot and it's like, how do I get, I just, I, I want to be at peace in Ilum and I'm really annoyed. Yeah. Uh, yeah really yeah. angry. But I love all the lightsaber, um, uh, the ability to, you know, make your own and the, mm -hmm. the colors and the, oh, it's all that stuff is so great. Um, we've talked a lot about the um, 
the cutting down lots of animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> and, and lots of Night Brothers. Um, we heard from one listener who said that they found a way to get through the game without actually uh, fighting the animals unless they're, they're boss animals and, mm-hmm. uh, and thought that that was a good exercise in, in choosing a different path. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I applaud that. Uh, but there's this great term, Ken, that I've seen people using more and more for, I think, what we experienced in Fallen Order which is ludonarrative dissonance. Uh, The definition of this is the conflict between a video game's narrative told through the story and the narrative told through the gameplay. Mm. And I think that's uh, something that we have friends who've commented on it. uh, We've commented on it and seen it online uh, as well. That like, yeah, a lot of animals attack and it's the easiest way to get past them is to slash them down. Or, you know, the Knight Brothers in in the story are presented is they've been through all sorts of trauma and like, yeah, they are attacking you, but the game doesn't offer you a, you know, knock them out. You (laughs) slash down the Knight Brothers and you don't want to. Right. And in the philosophy that that Cal and and Sarah are really approaching and coming to is not like I went to Dathomir and I killed 300 Knight Brothers (laughs) just to get from point A to point B. Uh, For me was Ludo narrative dissonance. It happens in lots of video games. So it's not a huge uh, criticism. But I I think because there's been discussion of that, I wonder if that if there'll be, uh, you know, more combat scenes that are like violent imperial troopers who are giving you no choice um if there might be options more for wounding blows or avoiding combat to uh address this a little bit ludo narrative dissonance dissonance Mm -hmm. they open for black flag in 81 i remember right exactly exactly uh i i know that actually makes total sense uh joking of course but yeah yeah And, and and it's not to say that the game again didn't have some really fun moments but like Battlefront 2, the story mode, which was short, maybe too short, was was made shorter, even though the writers wanted it to be longer. I just felt that one was such a smooth experience. And and that what you're saying makes a ton of sense. I didn't feel a conflict at all in that game. That game uh, quite the opposite. Uh, and it remains one of my favorite, uh, even replayable experiences. Um, because the story actually is a little shorter. It's almost to the benefit of Battlefront 2 story mode where you can just go, yeah, you know what? I want to, I want to watch that movie again. It just so happens I'm playing <laughs> in the movie. Um, been fun. But yeah, so just if, if, if that, that could work. And, and again, this is personal taste and I am not an, I game a lot, but I'm not an expert gamer. It's two different things, two different categories. Uh, so um, falling off ledges and all that stuff, that's my problem. But that's, <laughs> uh, it, did, it did hamper my, my overall joy of Fallen Order. Absolutely. More rails. Uh, that's what we're saying. More rails. No, I totally with you. These are absolutely uh, subjective opinions. This is not a huge criticism of the game. I really love that game. I think, you know, terms like Ludo narrative dissonance are becoming more common because people love video games so much and they're, they're worthy of this kind of um, attention of, yep. of, you know, what experience do you want to have? And do you want to feel any tension between uh, the philosophy you feel like you're playing in the story versus the actions you're being asked to take in the story? Yeah, absolutely. Not to end on a on a total downer note. I just a lot of great characters. Big fan of uh, Night Sister Marin, Cal. Uh, Marin is amazing. Yeah. I, I just this morning I rewatched one of the uh, the you know clips uh, mm. with uh, Cal coming to peace with Marin. It's so great. 
Yeah, and and uh, trauma, processing trauma, all those kind of big things and big themes in the story. We do love that. So definitely looking forward to more Fallen Order or at least this era, these characters and new ones and old ones coming into the story. That is a look at Star Wars news. Always a lot out there, but these are what we're covering, uh, stories we're covering today. Uh, before we take a break, we always uh, like to give you a recommendation on an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Joseph, what do we have today? We are recommending The Fallen Star by Claudia Gray. Uh, both Ken and I are reading this book, but if you want to give it a listen and get caught up before we do our uh, big discussion, uh, you can do that uh, with uh, the old audiobook offer here. Yeah, download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break. When we come back, your questions here on Center. since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to Force Center, episode 390, unless I've accidentally skipped one of <laughs> our big show, our main show, our superstar destroyer of our fleet. More on that later. There was another, it's an ongoing series here where I discovered uh, about uh, two years ago I skipped a number. <laughs> it's natural. It happens. It happens. Uh, but uh, we are going to take a look at uh, your questions. Joseph, what do we have here today? Yeah, we have two questions from social media and two from our patrons on Patreon. As always, we're going to go first to Twitter. We got a question from Oscar Film Forecast. I assume that this is the uh, name of a, a podcast, uh, <laughs> but uh, Film Forecast is an absolute great collection of names. Uh, so here is what Oscar Film Forecast has to say. As we end the year of 2021, what were some of your favorite Star Wars related moments or memories in real life or in the galaxy far, far away? I should also say sometimes it takes us a while to collect all of the questions. So obviously the year 2021 has ended, but that doesn't mean we can't look back fondly on the good memories. So for you, Ken, what, what came to mind is great memories specifically in 2021? For me, it was... Um I'll go first to these two moments. One, we just talked a lot about the High Republic, so I won't, I won't uh, stand this one too long. But specifically, The Light of the Jedi. This is the beginning of the year. The way that book just shows up surprises the hell out of me and just waylays any doubts I had about the High Republic era. I had I had some and had, um, you know, we always try to make sure in Force Center we, we're, we're keeping our our, our mantra in line, uh, be positive, but that not just blindly, just search for what you love and search what, uh, you know, affects you and, and celebrate that kind of stuff. Doesn't mean uh, we, we are, um, uh, you know, removed from criticism or don't want to look at uh, Star Wars with a critical eye. But I, I just had a lot of, uh, even off air, more misgivings than I cared to admit to myself of what, it was, what was I get into. And I know you, you were, I was really following your joy of, hey, you finally get to see Jedi doing Jedi things like and, and Jedi individuals uh, learning more and 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 that and is completely completely um, um, succeeded in that regard. But for me, I was about a third of the way through Light of the Jedi, and this is where the big, you know, the the great emergences and uh, and the the big event that kicks this all off. And it was pulse pounding, and it was uh, you know read like a movie treatment, and I just thought thought like this is I, I it just really surprised me at just how much I just was being pulled in by this story. And yes, that was a, a big long sequence. That was many, many, like hundred pages or so mm -hmm. big action sequence. The rest of the stories aren't always going to be like that, but they did such a good job of showing different Jedi and how they view the force, different characters, this new world, uh, chancellors. So what was going on and all those kind of big themes. I've talked about that uh, before, but it just, it just felt so good for me personally to be like, you know, I wasn't sure I was going to like this. 
Um, we are always going to approach it with an open mind here at Force Center. And it's also such a big thing. Of course, we're going to review it and take a look at it. And uh, some things in Star Wars don't work for me at times. I'm less excited to read the comics. Uh, the modern Thrawn stuff isn't my favorite. Uh, there's things out there that I don't uh, don't get excited for as much as uh, I'd like to even. Lie the Jedi, High Republic era. That just, nope, gone. I'm so excited for it, was excited for it. And that was just really pleasantly surprising to start off the year. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Light of the Jedi is way up there. I think I enjoyed it so much because it was what I hoped for in terms of seeing Jedi individuals, uh, Jedi philosophy, really, you know, how are they living up to this idea of this is the a, a grand, wonderful time for both the Jedi and the Republic. And to see that it had all that philosophy and heart behind it, the idea of we are uh, all the Republic, we are all stronger together. It's such a clear, resonant, hopeful, uh, big picture. Uh, so I was thrilled by that. I was really hoping that the story of the Nile would end up being a lot of what it has been of yeah. uh, it is, it isn't, it is about the physical attack, certainly, but it's so much more about the ph philosophy of how can the Nile attack these uh, values of uh, stronger together, uh, go toward the light, don't get into fear, cynicism, doubt, and the Nile's, you know, poking at those things. But the huge revelation and why Light of the Jedi, I think for me, is still like such a happy memory is I've gone back and forth over the years about wanting Star Wars books to tell a different to, to tell the story in a different kind of way because they're books and they can, but also to stay a little bit tied into the fact that Star Wars is usually on screen, mm. a fast paced, thrilling, you know, adventure, serial action adventure with uh, big, strange, weird things happening at, at you know, kind of a, a fast pace. Mm. And the fact that all three of the uh, kind of anchor adult novels, uh, Light mm. of the Jedi, uh, Rise of the Storm, fallen star have all had that that pacey feeling of mm. there is depth there is realism but it's also like uh put your seatbelt on reader because here we go the chapters are shorter things are happening it's got this sense of absolute momentum that mm. feels like watching one of the skywalker saga movies and i didn't know if that's what high republic was going to be and when light of the jedi just kicks off it's like i hope you're strapped in because here we go yeah. That was such a fun discovery. That's a great point, too, because I, you know, um, the Alphabet Squadron stuff uh, ended up being, for me, a really good series. It's it's real deep. And, you know, but Alexander Freed does some wonderfully long chapters as as the story needs those. And it's a different kind of feel. Uh, and I don't need, uh, you know, I don't need everything to be light and chipper and fast and funny in Star Wars, but it does help me. And Light of the Jedi, again, even Fallen Order, I've heard this a few times, it's hard to put down. I've had to force myself to put it down this week on a busy weekend. And that's a shorter, quicker, faster, more intense. Hey, it's like George wrote these books. <laughs> uh, and it just, that, it just has really worked for those anchor books for me. Yeah, I think it's just been, since those are the anchor books that are like, it's almost like those are the movies, right? Those yeah. three are the movies and all the other books are absolutely important and great. Uh, but it's like, that that's the <laughs> the Disney uh, Plus series that you need to watch in order to stand the, understand the movie. And I don't always need Star Wars to be like that. I love the E.K. Johnston Padme books. And those aren't, to me, as like furiously motivated by plot they're about characters and relationships uh and Correct. really what's going on internally with padme so i don't always need to be stars to be that but the fact that to me it seems like a clear choice that these anchor books are going to have thrilling 
as a keyword. That mm-hmm. was really cool to me. Yeah. Thrilling indeed. Thrilling indeed. Uh, that was one of my things. What, what about you, sir? Um, you know, I was just flash, flashing back on Bad Batch and just really trying to say, like, well, what what episode do I have mm-hmm. this instinct to rewatch? And I think uh, I just really love that Cad Bane episode. Yeah. Um, there is, uh, you know, we, we meet young, uh, or we spend time with young Fennec Shand, and uh, there's a little bit of that feeling of that Cad Bane was the best, but he's getting a little creaky mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that I really love. Uh, there's some great Camino prequels, you know, canon stuff. Uh, yeah. There's Omega kind of going to this dark, scary place and really, really facing that there's a there's a dark side to where she came from. There's just so much in that episode that felt like um, uh, both thrilling, to use my keyword for the day, mm-hmm. it was thrilling and also uh, still dreamlike. I just really loved that one episode, uh, and and that's the one that that bubbled to my mind. Ooh, I love that. I love that. Uh, one of the other things for me, uh, yeah, Bad Batch is is, is a good uh, kind of sleeper hit as a Star Wars fan, right? It's it's yeah. always going to be a little less uh, Disney Plus subscription generation machine. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a little less talked about uh, because, you know, Clone Wars and uh, Rebels and Resistance, and even though they're so loved by so many fans, they, they still don't hit the general Star Wars audience as much as those. It's just the way it is. But I think that, that series just uh, proudly doing what it uh, needed and wanted to do is something I'll cherish too for this year. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, there's a couple of the, uh, in the universe of uh, Star Wars ones for me. Did you have any outside of the universe just as a human? <laughs> uh, just as a human? I was trying. Honestly, I, 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 there's a couple little moments. I, I've had a lot of fun rediscovering the, the depth of the Clone Wars and the Clone Wars report. It's been a lot of fun. So there's been conversations around some of that stuff. I mm-hmm. uh, just had one, actually just had one this weekend. My uh, friend of mine listening to the show, uh, Robbie. Robbie Smith uh, is do- doing his own uh, Star Wars uh uh, Clone Wars rewatch and awesome. yeah and you know big fan of the stuff uh, but he he texted me about the Zero Zero the HUD and, and I was like yeah you know what I, no I, I hated Zero years hated Zero and now just uh, discovering a new side to the series a new side to the stories and what they're trying to tell I, I, I'm i a Zero fan in a way you know in a way that didn't think I would be and, and just I've had a lot of those kind of conversations this last year where there seems to be a desire by a lot of people to engage with Star Wars uh, in, in a deeper fashion, but also there's, I, I love having those conversations with people who are slightly frustrated or didn't understand and didn't like some of the Star Wars content out there. But instead of uh, pounding their fist on the on the dashboard, uh, they're hungry for what. Ken, what do you see in it? What do you you and Joseph talk about things? How how, how are you pulling that stuff out? And, and we always say we're not doing it the right way. We're doing it our way. And in a way that makes sense for us. And I've had a lot of conversations of, of we, you know, your, your great show, Star Wars Counseling here. It isn't about taking your opinion and switching it to our side. It's not that. I just, I love when someone comes back and goes, you know what? I listened to the episode you get, you sent me. Because I have one friend. I literally have sent, I've texted him like nine episodes. <laughs> I've just been like, dude, I don't have time to talk to you about it. I can't remember half things I say on it. Anyways, we'd set it beautifully in this episode. Check it out. <laughs> and have him come back and be like, you know, it does not suddenly like he's like, yeah, you know, you're right. Rise of Skywalker is great. And all my problems with it have gone away. It's not that. He's like, I see what you guys see there. 
Uh, I love you love the way you connect to it, and it's opened a, a pathway for me to connect to some things a little bit more. That, that's happened a few times, and six years of doing this, and two three years really us uh, Joseph going deeper and deeper into themes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's been just fun, and that was specific to 2021. Maybe because we're all generally home. <laughs> Want to dig uh, dig in? I just uh, I'd love those conversations. Yeah, that's really great. I, I've had some great conversations uh, with uh, listeners, uh, social media, uh, friends in real life. And yeah, I- anytime that I can really have a, a positive talk, doesn't even need to have to be about agreeing, but a, a talk that is about uh, loving Star Wars, or even if it's struggling with Star Wars, as long as it's from a <laughs> let's share perspective uh, rather than an anger perspective. Those are great. And I had a ton of those in uh, 2021. I think the other thing for me for 2021 in in just personal life is I so deeply love the action figures. They've always been a huge part of my connection uh, to Star Wars, and I have uh, been creeping up on getting <laughs> getting more <laughs> over the years. And I started doing these little TikToks uh, uh, videos uh, that are kind of jokey, but they're also just a chance for me to like spend some time with my action figures. <laughs> Yeah. It's a show and tell of action figures. And it's been nice through that to connect to different fans who just who are, you know, hardcore into the action figures and love uh, seeing, you know, weird ones or favorite ones or sharing uh, where they found theirs or what new one is coming out. It's been really great to connect with people about the action figure side of Star Wars. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. One, one final one, if I may say, I'll make the story. Quick. Please. Uh, I've talked about it in previous episodes anyways. This was the year I made the big switch from the Imperial Imperial Insignia baseball cap to the Rebel. <laughs> I talked about some of the reasons. I got one I got one dirty look at a coffee shop where it's like this Imperial Insignia hat means something different now. Um, and uh, I still own it, by the way, and I still occasionally wear it. Uh, but I've switched to the Rebel Insignia hat, and I, I don't have, like, the stats to show this, but the, the more, hey, I like your hat, comments I've, I've gotten uh are, are clear and i it's been fun coffee shops um wash i was walking around washington dc on a cold night coming back from the comedy store and uh mark ellis and i and his uh, one of his friends from high school we were walking back to our our, our hotel from uh, the comedy loft and some guy uh, like passing by just goes i see your hat rebel <laughs> and I, it just was great it's just great and that's been personally uh, just a fun journey this year Oh, yeah, that is absolutely great to be able to uh, connect positively uh, over your Star Wars hat, right? Yes. (laughs) Uh, I also love that, you know, uh, shouting loudly about this uh, organization (laughs) that's uh, that's trying to maybe keep things a little bit quiet. It was great. That's great. Uh, All right. Wonderful question, Oscar Film Forecast. Thank you. We're going to move on to our next question from Twitter from Braden Ledbetter. Braden says, if you could have any Star Wars creature as a pet, what would it be? And then there is a Porg gif. So everyone, <laughs> please picture your own favorite Porg gif. Ken, where do you go with this? What kind of Star Wars creature would you want as a pet? Yeah, I'm going right to some simple answers here. Uh, look, massives are rising. Their stock is rising. <laughs> I know, right? And, I mean, they're, yeah. they're so good in Book of Boba Fett. They just look like, yeah, like <laughs> you know, my, my wife is uh, uh, allergic to uh, fur, mm. so we can't have pets. But even she was like, those massives are very cute. I, I think that could work too, right? And a little, little less fur on those massives. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so they're rising. They're investing massives today. But I, I'm going straight to this one. This was uh, completely inspired by Toradoza and her pet Buggles. I'm going to a Vorpak and I'm going to name him Puff Sticks. 
Oh, yeah. No, I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, the, the Vorpak might be one of the best uh, domesticated pets we've seen in Star Wars, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so sorry, I had to cut my mic off because there's some loud machinery coming in okay. my backyard right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, the name Puff Sticks, is, you, you look, it's just a big puff of fluff on four sticks i come on i can't name it anything else but puff sticks so yeah and there's been some great yeah yeah the star wars resistance deserves a a second look for a lot of different reasons um we we really love that show here uh but uh that one just plain we love star wars cuteness and that was uh, buggles is just the best yeah, the the Vorpak was on my list as well because we saw that uh, they did have an accident during Resistance. <laughs> yes. And it was a fascinating color. So I feel like, well, I was trying to potty train the Vorpak. At least it would be, you know, a little bit different. It would be intriguing and colorful. <laughs> uh, the other one that I would uh, consider is a, is a Tuka cat. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have pets in real life because of my, my wife's uh, fur allergies. Uh, but she did uh, at one time when I was in the action figure aisle at Target, she was like, I, I think we need this Tuka cat. So we got this uh, Tuka cat uh, sitting with some other uh, stuffed animal friends. And my wife was cleaning actually this weekend. And I was turned the other way and I was like, what is purring? We don't have pets. What is <laughs> what is going on? And uh, she had picked up the Tuka and forgot that it made noises. <laughs> oh, oh, that's great. <laughs> it was squeezing the Tuka for the purrs. So that was nice. It was like we had a Star Wars pet for just a minute. Um, I don't know if this counts as pet, but my final one, Ken, is uh, this is a... Not something I mean sincerely. This is a dark wish fulfillment. Uh, I would like a blurg for traffic in Los Angeles. Ah. To just smash through. <laughs> With some Mando music playing in the background. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like any, I, I, I want to go to one of the, the easier to access uh, targets in the valley. Uh, I live in, <laughs> in the Los Angeles basin. Like, yeah, I'm just going to ride this blurg over the hills. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> love any other pet thoughts for you uh no you know I, i'm such an animal lover and and uh you know who isn't I, I, you know unless you you know you gotta you know sarah can't have him around what's what's a, a great substitute toys this is great so i, I love that uh that's why you know i have a puffer pig i've grown to love puffer pigs after hating them for years and making jokes about it ah come on i, I can't dislike a puffer pig so uh i'll, I'll put that on the list as well yeah. All right. Puffer pigs for all. That sounds mm-hmm. great. Uh, we're going to move on to our questions from our patrons on Patreon. Uh, first one comes from Yoni Wopana. Uh, the uh, question and statement is this. One fun thing about Star Wars is that things in views change over time. So I am asking a question, which I asked a couple of years ago now again. Can you retire from the Empire? Last time it was agreed that Palpatine made some independent cost cutting from safety rails for a reason. But how about now? We actually have a retiree of a sort, Queel, from The Mandalorian. Greetings from wintry Finland. I have heard my poster is arriving by Tauntaun. <laughs> uh, and I believe that uh, poster has been uh, yeah. been far and away sent, right, Ken? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, top-tier Patreon supporters do get a Force Center 1000 poster, and uh, sometimes I have to go in and catch up with... Uh, uh, new supporters, so uh, I'm due for that as well. But yeah, um, caught up as a couple weeks ago. So I hope you all enjoyed that. And yes, by Tantan indeed. Excellent, excellent. So yeah, I remember discussing this about mm-hmm. uh, us both feeling like uh, Palpatine would not be setting aside <laughs> uh, retirement yeah. funds and helping people to enjoy their golden years. That just didn't seem to us 
like something the Empire would invest in. Mm. Uh, but uh, as is being pointed out here, uh, Quill does have some talk about uh, being an indentured servant and working his way out of the Empire. I wrote down uh, that uh, specific dialogue here to refresh us. Quill uh, uh, is asked, what, uh, when you work for the Empire? And Quill says, when I was sold to the Empire in indentured servitude, uh, yet somehow you walk free. Quill responds, I bought my freedom through the skill of my hands in the labor of three of your human lifetimes. So that's what Quill has to say about getting out from under the uh, the thumb of uh, of the Empire. So let's let's dive into this. Let's review this question. How are you feeling now? I, I think, uh, yeah, this is a great follow up. And I just admitted I half half the time don't f- remember the things I've said on this show for six seasons now. <laughs> um, good to review. I I really think Quill, I mean, look, can you call that a retirement or, did, you know, your contract ended or you bought it out and it didn't seem like it was a great existence to begin with. This we can agree on. Um, but I think there's something you said of, of Palpatine and team will let you go if you have served uh, your time. I don't think, I, I think they're the supposed freedom. I wouldn't say Palpatine views it as freedom there, but uh, getting out is the reward. So I still don't think there's a retirement fund. Still think they're cost cutting to, to hoard. Um, but, you know, they'll let Quill go as long as you don't cause any problems. Uh, and I think, um, I don't know. I think of like Krennic showing up and, and saying that lie of, you know, come on, he, You'll be heroes of the empire, not my prisoners trying to finish the Death Star. No, come on, Galen. Uh, I still think there's always going to be a catch. Uh, And uh, I think if Quill had uh, made more noise, I think the empire would have been on his doorstep. So you can get out. You just got to stay away. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what's fascinating about it is the expansion of different ways to to look at you know what's going on in the galaxy. Um, Palpatine er, during the Empire, Palpatine is certainly uh, controlling, right? But I mm-hmm. think he's not getting involved in every little tiny thing. And in my head canon, the way I take this is, Quill was sold to the Empire with you know the the this indentured servitude of mm-hmm. uh, you know you have to do this much work. Uh, in order to repay something allegedly, right? Yeah. Uh, I think the way this is uh, being presented is, uh, you know, Quill probably, <laughs> you know, didn't, you know, take out too many loans that he's, you know, he is being uh, held against his will and saying, well, if you do this amount of work, you can go free. And Quill's like, fine, fine. I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think to me, that story is, this is a, from the Empire's evil perspective, you know, a a low-skill labor worker. I'm mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. saying that from the Empire's perspective. I don't agree with yeah. that. Um, and where other people were maybe broken by the the cruelty and the harsh conditions, Quill's like, I am going to destroy my quota every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he he was one of the lucky ones. Yes, who got out from this little sub corner mm-hmm. of the empire in, in this particular financial arrangement. That's personally the way I take uh, Quill's retirement. I think if you're talking about. Uh, you are in the military, right? Mm. Uh, you are, you have a, have a rank. Um, I think you can retire if you are wealthy and from the right planet or community. If you've got your kid coming into the empire, yeah. like I think if, I think if you Lauren hadn't died, you know, you mm-hmm. would have been reti- sure he's a big public face. We can promote him as a, as a hero, maybe, you know, sure. Yeah. For, you know, for, uh, I think things are good. We see those Imperials kind of uh, uh, schmoozing on the first light, you know? Yes, yes. I think the Imperials who manage to find some power can maybe, like, retire. But they're still, 
you know, helping the empire, financial contracts, shuffling their kids in, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. I think if you're like middle management, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. I think you're told like, sure, absolutely, retire. Uh, But I think that I just, I just don't think that there's a, a financial safety net. I think that you are, I think Palpatine has delighted in creating a system. I mean, he's not just a Sith Lord. He's a government expert. Yeah. I think he has designed for the sake of cruelty <laughs> in spreading more pain throughout the galaxy, which he wants uh, a red tape system that it looks like you get retirement funds, but you right. absolutely do not get them right. out of sheer red tape. Yeah. Just stuck in a in a red tape uh, loop. <laughs> yeah, I think it is absolutely yeah. like, oh yeah, just uh, you know, yeah. call the the um, um, post imperial service center, and then you call the post imperial <laughs> service. Center. Well, you need to talk to your uh, regional moth. You know, like well, we call the regional moth. Like, oh, that is actually, oh, you know, there's a problem on your paperwork. You know, uh, the, the employ the Vogons for that one. <laughs> uh, and you even said like same. That's a great name, the post imperial. But like in Palpatine's eyes, there's no post imperial, right? Uh, no, so you, you you're a value to him, and then you're not. So I think, hey, look, if they if they work really hard, get old, and they die on the job, from Palpatine's perspective, great. If not, and they want money, maybe if they're rich. But if there's some unimportant middle management person, to Palpatine's perspective, uh, he's got what he wants out of him. That's it. Yeah, and again, I, I think you're really uh, you're tying it into this hero of the of, of the empire type of vibe. Yes, you, Lauren, uh, someone from the Jer Gerard family could uh, retire nicely and and be paraded around, and and you're alumni, you're still asked to support. Uh, you know, where's your donation this quarter? All that's uh, all that's going to be there, and uh, no one's like I said getting out. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, I think my perspective does change from Mandalorian and from Queel to think like, okay, it's. It's not, there are lots of uh, ways that the empire is, uh, is structured, right? Mm. Uh, so that there are, in general, I don't think Palpatine is going to let anybody retire nicely. I think he's going to let them retire, but they're not going to have any benefit from it. Mm. Uh, but there are, uh, there are people in positions like Quill who can find a way to fight their way out, and that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another reason I love Quill so much. Yeah, good job, Quill. My action figure should be on the way. Mm. I pre-ordered that one a while ago. (laughs) My vintage Quill should be here soon. (laughs) Uh, All right. Any other thoughts before we move on, Ken? Uh, No, I'm just glad I don't have to deal with this with the Empire there. Oh, yes. Me too. I do not want to be employed by the Sith. (laughs) Yeah, putting on a rebel hat. I do uh, very easily now uh, versus taking uh, in the Star Wars galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Great question. Uh, move on to our final question from Adelardo Fuente. Uh, Adelardo says, hello there. First, I want to thank Force Center for being a fun and heartwarming place to enjoy Star Wars. I've been a loyal listener for a long time now, even if I don't interact often. Thank you very, very much. We really appreciate it. Uh, Adelardo continues, uh, you are the only ones who provided comfort after the release of The Rise of Skywalker, a movie I love so much, but is almost vilified on social media. Now to my question, with Kenobi on the horizon, a phrase keeps popping into my head, justice for Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people love him, but sometimes I feel like he is the scapegoat for why Anakin became Darth Vader. We can only speculate, responsible or not, but do we really think that Qui-Gon would have been able to make a difference? When watching the Clone Wars, Anakin is viewed as a great Jedi Knight. Obi-Wan must have done something right. And let's not forget Padme. Is she also to be blamed for Anakin's fall or is it only Kenobi's fault? Ultimately, I think the person to blame is Anakin himself. I think he had ample support around him. Ahsoka, Rex, even Yoda. 
uh, when we compare with the journey of Ray, who had no one before the Force Awakens and still managed to stay on the side of light, I don't know how we can say that Obi-Wan is at fault. But maybe I'm wrong. What's your point of view on the matter? I hope my little essay wasn't too confusing. English is not my first or second language, so I always have a little anxiety when I write in English. Thanks again for all you do, and may the Force be with you always. Uh, There's uh, absolutely uh, absolute great clarity in this essay and great thoughts, so thank you so much for sending it in. Uh, Ken, let's dive in. Uh, Where do you land on on this discussion? Do you feel like Obi-Wan does get blamed? And if so, do you think that's fair? I don't think it's fair. I think Obi-Wan takes a lot of... uh bleep out there at times for a lot of different reasons, (laughs) including the sassy attitude at times. And this is why we love and celebrate everyone. He's not perfect, but he was often put in the position to be perfect. Uh, We always kind of referred to him as a poster child for the Jedi. Again, that's not even fair to Obi-Wan. It's not fair to anyone when you're like, you're the best of us. So you must remain perfect at all times. All that to say, I I, I look, I I think Obi-Wan grew into the role that he was, um, given when it came to you know training Anakin a role he didn't necessarily want he really grew to it and I do agree with uh, Art Alart uh, Alart that uh, you know some must have gone right just on the skill level and guidance level Um, but uh, it was always going to be a little tougher and and Obi-Wan grew to love him like a brother maybe he needed more of a quote-unquote father figure I don't know Uh, and and we could start to look at at Qui-Gon for that but I think um, anything Kenobi did uh, with Anakin in terms of uh, master and apprentice uh, Padawan and and Jedi was out of an extreme amount of love that he ended up having for him as a brother. Uh, Yeah. And and sometimes you make mistakes out of, uh, in the name of that uh, love. And I think that could be part of what uh, we're going to see Obi-Wan dealing with and why he can't necessarily leave it behind. Um, so I'll start there with that and then get into some of Anakin's choices. (laughs) Yeah, no, I really love this question. I think sometimes I, I realize I have said on force center offhanded things about, you know, Obi-Wan's mistakes or Obi-Wan's, uh, failings. Um, and I think that I do think Obi-Wan has some failings. And I say this as somebody who absolutely loves Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a part of the story that he didn't feel like he did everything he could of for Anakin or he would have made some different choices. Mm-hmm. So I, I do sometimes just throw it over my shoulder like, yeah, Obi-Wan failed Anakin. But I never for myself uh, mean that as it is Obi-Wan's fault that Anakin fell. I, I really agree with the perspective that Star Wars is is ultimately about choice. Yeah. Uh, Anakin had a lot of pain and a lot of trauma. He maybe always didn't get the most help or the best help he could for that. Uh, he had a lot of manipulation from uh, Palpatine, but he also had a lot of great guidance that uh, um, Adelardo is is mentioning, like the wisdom of his mother, Shmi, in in, uh, Phantom Menace. You know, if he had been able to hold some of those ideas in his heart, they would have helped. He did get guidance from Yoda, imperfect or not. He got guidance from Yoda. Uh, We see in Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith, both Padme and Obi-Wan really reach out to Anakin and try to get him to open up and say, really, really talk to me. Mm -hmm. But, you know, by that point, he was too far gone maybe to make that choice but i really do agree that ultimately he is he makes lots of little choices along the way but ultimately he is standing there bef- between uh, uh, or before mace windu mm-hmm. and palpatine and he chooses and then he never for a long time chooses to question his choice 
Yeah, which is a big thing there too. Yeah, at the end of the day, I'm a big believer in the the choice uh, that that he has, and we all have. And it's never easy, and it's never should be easy, and it's never just a simple uh, black and white discussion around the choices and the choices we make and what drives you to those choices. And let's not forget, in terms of the Star Wars story, uh, you know, Palpatine's pretty good at what he does. Unfortunately, yeah he 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 did a he did a number on Anakin, but it's still Anakin's choice. Yeah, uh, yeah. From the first all the way up to the final choice, they're yours, and and so the uh, you know that, uh, and maybe maybe that's part of what Kenobi's going to go through too. I really love your statement of uh, hey, uh, me Obi Wan, did I do everything I needed to do, could have done, should have done? That's those are fair questions to ask yourself, and and maybe that's part of what he's going to process. We'll see. Again, we, we want to keep our uh, our our hearts and uh, souls open to what the show will be trying to tell us. Uh, as far as like the Qui Gon thing, jump into that if I may. Um, yeah, please. I, look, absolutely. That he would have been more of a quote father figure if that's something that that Anakin needed. I, I do go to that uh, duel of the fates talk that uh, Filoni gave in the Mandalorian making of series. Beautiful, well said indeed. And and I think there could have been, you know, a better start for for Anakin. But I was trying to play that out in my head and and more more wondering than than just saying this is how it would have gone. Qui Gon, without a doubt, I think would have been looser with the rules around being a Jedi, training to be a Jedi, and Anakin himself maybe would have recognized uh, his potential. Uh, and and uh, I could see that being a positive at the beginning. But then I, I'm like, all right, cool. Then what what would Qui-Gon have done with what I'm calling the Padme quandary? <laughs> would he have been like, yeah, yeah, oh, oh yeah, cool. You, you guys, yeah, go go ahead and get married. How far does Qui-Gon bend? How far does he break? And does Anakin start running up against some of those walls even then? Uh, I don't know. And that's not even, you know, that's not, none of that's Qui-Gon's fault. Just it would have been, it's fun to kind of pull out that journey and see, well, what would have actually happened? Yeah. I think that Qui-Gon would have made Palpatine work harder, right? Um, yeah. I think one of the things is, is you know, this comes out in, in modern canon and in uh, different little short stories and comic books of like, you know, Palpatine is wanting to have Anakin's here and talk to this young Padawan. Uh, and that's not entirely normal, but the council and Kenobi go along with it. I can see Qui-Gon going, no, yes. <laughs> you know, uh, how do, do Qui-Gon and Anakin together even manage to stay in the Jedi order or, you know, yes. yeah. I, I think there are a lot of, of fun what ifs. And I think, I think Qui-Gon, because he did have, he, he was older. He totally believed in Anakin as, um, the chosen one as this this yeah. prophecy right but i think it's very open to how that was going to play out and i think what we see in phantom menace is that qui-gon really saw him as a, a young traumatized child as well and yeah. would have maybe uh given him all of the same lessons that obi-wan did but from a slightly different uh tone or perspective and mm. i don't think that would have magically saved anakin no because anakin's still traumatized the choices are still his choices but I think it would have made Palpatine have to work harder to twist him away. I love that. I love that. Um, I love that. And I, there's been that discussion going around of the the imagery of uh, Phantom Menace, the at Qui-Gon's funeral, Palpatine and and Anakin, and, and there's Padme and Obi-Wan between them, and then Revenge of the Sith. They're, they're gone. It's just Palpatine and now Vader. And yeah, that's uh, some beautiful visual poetry. So yeah, anything that could have had one more layer between Palpatine and Anakin to, can't, can't be a, a bad thing. Yeah, not at all. And I think for me, just really going into this great phase of justice for Obi-Wan, um, I think that for me, I think Obi-Wan, his failure is not the reason that Anakin fell to the dark side. It's his own folly and his own trauma, right? Yeah. Um, 
there's that uh, the great quote from Star Trek: The Next Generation that I'm that I'm paraphrasing. You know uh, that it's uh, possible to do nothing wrong and still lose. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. life, you know. And I feel like Kenobi definitely made mistakes. They weren't necessarily the one and only cause of Anakin's fall. Uh, but Obi Wan can still feel like I failed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's. I think, and for me, that story of Obi Wan, because we can often just sh- shout out like, "Oh, he failed." <laughs> yeah, I just, I really love the story that he wasn't ready to be a mentor or a parent figure, right? That he he takes Anakin under his wing because he promised Qui Gon he would, and it's not that he doesn't care about Anakin, but Obi Wan just began his life. He just <laughs> attained the rank of Jedi Knight. It's like he just graduated college and he's going to move into his first apartment. Well, I got a nine-year-old kid. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's not, he, he hasn't been able to, you know, kind of find himself as an adult. Uh, he's not ready to be a mentor or parent figure. And I think it's so great that it tracks through so much Star Wars storytelling where Obi-Wan is very comfortable calling Anakin his brother and Anakin always casts Obi-Wan as his father, right? You know, literally saying, you're the closest thing I have to a father. Um, Then also go to, you know, Return of the Jedi and remember that Obi-Wan on screen has said that he thinks he failed, right? He says, I thought I could instruct him, meaning Anakin, just as well as Yoda. I was wrong. And that opens up the door for interpretation of how was he wrong? Mm. And I think for me, from from what we see on screen, I think Obi-Wan sees this young traumatized kid and is just really trying to keep him on the rails, right? Just really trying to say, I'm, I'm teaching you the Jedi way. I know you got it in you. So do things the right way, do things the Jedi way. And I think what Anakin needed was somebody who approached him as saying, I know this is really, really hard for you. Like I, 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 I know you're really traumatized. I know you want to see your mom, but here's why you can't. And, uh, Maybe Obi-Wan did that sometimes, but I think like what we see in Attack of the Clones is just like, I'm sick of having this fight with you. Do it the right way. I know you're capable of doing it the right way. Just do it the right way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Don't mess up. Yeah. Stop screwing up instead of saying like, and I think later on in the Clone Wars and even in Revenge of the Sith, we see Obi-Wan trying to open him up, right? Right, right, right. And say like, there's that great uh, scene uh, in a later Clone Wars story where Obi-Wan's like, is in Anakin's bedroom. It's a, it's a place of intimacy. He's got the pod race poster up there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and he's saying like, you know, you, I, I know you're close to Padme. You, you know, I was close to Satine. We can talk about it. And I feel like Anakin needed that much earlier in his life. Right. Yeah. And even in, in revenge of the Sith, uh, when, you know, Obi-Wan and Padme have that off screen conversation about Obi-Wan stopped by and he's worried about you and he wants to help you. Uh, Clone Wars, the, the final Clone Wars season where he's like, Ah, Ahsoka, he needs you. Like I feel like Obi Wan understood at the end, like he needs someone to really, really talk to him uh, and validate his trauma and help him to make the right choice despite it. Mm. Um, mm. And I wonder if Obi Wan didn't give that to him because he was too young himself yeah. when he when he first was training Anakin. So who is going to validate this trauma and Obi Wan in the series? Is the question I have. Exactly, exactly. And then I think it's, it's it, without Obi-Wan, with Obi-Wan one wanting to be a teacher and a brother, but not a parental figure, mm. it left this vacuum for Palpatine to swoop in. And I got to think just on a practical level, you know, once Obi-Wan fully understands what actually happened, of like, yeah. ooh, every time I just, you know, told him to do better, <laughs> yeah. he ran to the Sith Lord and the Sith Lord is like, actually, 
being angry is great. Yeah. Let me tell <laughs> you. You should be indulge better. that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love it. And again, at the end of the day, I, I, all of them, all of them, Anakin made the choices. So that's going to hopefully be part of what uh, Obi-Wan faces down, I think. Hopefully. Yeah, I think so. When he comes to peace with on, on some level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the Kenobi show. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, so I'll, I'll end my thoughts with the positives. I do, I, I love the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi because I think he's flawed and I think he maybe makes some uh, mistakes in Anakin's training as, as he believes he does, but I also do think he did give him uh, great things. You know, as we hear Anakin say in Attack of the Clones, it's like he's happy to have Kenobi as his mentor. I think uh, uh, Kenobi gave him a great example uh, of somebody to look up to. I think Obi-Wan did truly love Anakin. I think he truly believed in him. I love that moment in Revenge of the Sith where he says he's never, you know, let me down, you know? And at the end there, when Anakin was really faltering, Obi-Wan really did try to reach him and engage him in emotional conversations. So I think Obi-Wan did a lot of great things for Anakin as well. I absolutely agree with that justice for Obi-Wan. There you go. Justice for Obi-Wan. Those are four great questions. Thank you for everyone uh, sending them in. That's it, Ken. Love it. Oh, my gosh. We did it. We finished another episode here on Force <laughs> Center. Always a lot of fun. It's been a great start to our year. We appreciate it. If uh, you want to follow us, you can do so by going to Twitter and following us at Force Center Pod. Uh, we are on Instagram and YouTube as well, replaying audio versions of our episodes there, uh, refreshing some other things and more coming. So uh, get over to the YouTube page. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're available on uh, Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon, Music, Spotify, and more on the way. Uh, we are going to be on Sound SoundCloud soon. Weird tech thing going on. Nothing on our end. We're trying to work that out. Uh, merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. Uh, always looking for new patrons and supporters. And from there, you can get into our Discord and have a lot of fun talking uh, with uh, Star Wars fans over there. You can follow me at Catnapsock or go to my website, catnapsock.com. Well, it's like to highlight a charity or something to uh, check on here in the real world. Want to uh, give another shout out to the Trevor Project at the trevorproject.org. Uh, go ahead and uh, head over there if you want to uh, support the great work they uh, do over there uh, in the LGBTQ plus community. Joseph, what do you have? Yeah, uh, for things I'd like to recommend, I always like to shout out the service Vote Forward. Uh, Their website is votefwd.org. They are gearing up for another big uh, year of uh, letter campaigns. And what it is is uh, you just uh, write a personal message on a letter and encourage people to use their voting power. And it helps uh, turn out and uh, lets people actually get their voice heard and use their power. So that is something I do. And if you're interested in getting involved, I think that's a a great way to do it. If it makes sense for you, uh, the website again is votefwd.org. And then uh, for my personal stuff, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw and check out all my other stuff on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. That is it. Also, don't forget, we got the databank dive series going on over on the companion. Check out the companion app and uh, see if you want to sign up to get our exclusive show over there. All right. Big show, big week. More Boba Fett coming. We're going to look at the prequel crawls. If you're uh, joining us this week, a lot of things coming your way. That's it for now. So for my little Vorpak puff stick, we'll see you all next week here on Force.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.